0: We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for January 19th, 2014. And uh, today, basically like a uh, kind of a normal uh, format of a current event and weekly Bible study that we've been doing. Um, Last week it was more so as following along with a uh, uh, lecture Deborah DeVaris was giving. And uh, today we have... uh, it's about a 31-page PDF, but some of it I'm not going to cover. Some of it's things that I'm, I'm putting out there for um, your own edification and study. Uh, we'll get to that a little bit later. But uh, this is definitely, the, the information just keeps getting more and more heavy-duty by the week. Uh, I mean, it's just almost incomprehensible. Every time I put one of these together anymore, what I'm having to cover um, of the draconian nature, the way things are moving, and one of the main stories this week was Obama announcing the plan to rule by executive order, which is regarding the first report we're going to be going over here, and I'll just go ahead and start out with that. Obama has officially announced plans to trash the Constitution and to move forward with the corporatist dictatorship without input from the Congress or the American people. Uh, going further, he said he made the announcement Tuesday during a cabinet meeting. This is a quote. He said, we're not just going to be waiting for legislation in order to make sure that we're providing Americans the kind of help they need. So this is all for our benefit. All of the draconian, dictatorial, malevolent garbage this devil continues to enact and shove down the throats of Americans. That's all for our benefit, because he knows best. The most reprobate president that we have ever had, I believe, by far. Off the scale, evil here. Then he goes on to say, I've got a pen and I've got a phone. Then he goes on to say, and I can use that pen to sign executive orders which is basically by order, by decree, order, by dictatorship, I can use that pen to sign executive orders and take executive actions and administrative actions that can move the ball forward in helping to make sure that our kids... So now it's for the kids. Here's a guy that is the most pro-abortion president ever, ever, ever on record. And he's worrying about the kids. When he's probably responsible for untold deaths just from uh, the promotion of the abortion industry alone. But then again, he he does really care about the kids. So making sure that, um, making sure to help, helping to make sure our kids are getting the best education possible. You mean the best brainwashing possible through the public school systems and the media and, and all of the other nefarious ways they're. Absolutely brainwashing and mind-controlling not only the children but also the adults. that That's the same education he's in reference to there. <clears throat> then he goes on to say, making sure that our businesses are getting the kind of support and help they need to grow in advance. Oh, that's why the economy's tanking at a level now that we have probably haven't seen since the Great Depression, all of the regulations and restrictions and the absolute attack in and in, in decimation of the middle class and of the mom and pop stores and small businesses with all of the, the um, loopholes and things they have to, not loopholes, but, but hoops that you have to jump through now to even start a business and it depends, varies by state, but. Um, they're absolutely trying to do away with that very thing that he's supposedly going to help us by more executive, dictatorial, executive order decrees. So see, everything that comes out of this guy's mouth, as I've said in the past many times, is pretty much just a forked tongue lie. That's all he can do. That is all this devil is capable of. Now I understand he's a puppet on a string, he has handlers, but he is he is the um, the way... That this is happening. He he is he is the instrument that Satan is using to do his bidding on planet Earth. And um, he's just pure evil. Is really and, and you know, actions speak louder than words. By their fruits you shall know them. All you have to do is look at his fruits. <clears throat> so then he again he, he has the audacity to say, making sure that our businesses are getting the kind of support and help they need to grow in advance. <laughs> Unbelievable. And then he ends by saying, to make sure that people are getting the skills that they need to get those jobs that our businesses are creating. It's why there's record unemployment, you know, hundreds of thousands of people dropping out of the workforce, you know, probably every month at this point. Why they've shipped uh, tons and tons and tons of the jobs overseas. I mean, for so many different sectors of this economy, it's because they're trying to totally annihilate the middle class to create an ultra, ultra poor, Totally dependent on the state class, which they've already got in large part honestly through the welfare system through um the illegal aliens pouring in through entitlements and these types of things they've already created that, and this is what they're trying to create because when things get bad then you're not going to have a tendency to bite the hand that feeds you if you're totally dependent on the evil government now if my list if some of my listeners out there are dependent i'm not I'm not like Trying to come down on you. I'm just saying in general, this is their plan. This is what they want, and and this is why they've done all of these things, and why that they're they're annihilating the middle class in every way, shape, and form. The middle class would would help to create a ton of other jobs because they could afford to hire people if they had a small business. But they want to eliminate that. They want to have just a big. Con- uh, conglomerate, monopoly-type, Walmart-type businesses that rule the world, annihilate the middle class, annihilate small businesses, mom and pop, annihilate all that, and then just have your ultra-ultra-slave class that is totally dependent on the big brother and the coming new world order. Satan, essentially. So... Article 1, Section 1 of the Constitution clearly states all legislative powers reside within the Congress. The founders were inspired by the writings of uh, Montanescu and insisted on three separate branches of government and instituted a system of checks and balances to prevent this very tyranny that's occurring. Montanescu wrote, There can be no liberty where the legislative and the executive powers are united in the same person. Uh, Again, it'd be like Hitler or Stalin. Now Obama. Mao say tongue. You can put Obama in a he's just more near the beginning of his reign of terror. You know, whereas they've they've already come and gone, these other devils. Okay. He's just more in the beginning, but he's he's no less of a devil than I believe any of them that I've just mentioned. Uh, <clears throat> let's go further. James Madison, writing in the Federalist 46, warned that consolidated power at the executive level is the very definition of tyranny. Executive level mean, presidential. Consolidated power means he is basically all-powerful. He's a dictator. <clears throat> he said, James Madison, the accumulation of power, legislative and executive and judiciary, in the same hands, may justly be pronounced the very, the very definition of tyranny. That is tyranny, in other words. And this is what we have now with our illustrious uh, president, Barack Obama. George Washington signed the first executive order proclaiming a National Day of Thanksgiving in 1789. Since that time, the Supreme Court has ruled executive orders may not be used to make law. Only execute laws passed by Congress. From Woodrow Wilson and Franklin Roosevelt onward, however, presidents have signed a large number of increasingly audacious and unconstitutional executive orders. Obama, lacking the charm of Franklin Roosevelt nevertheless seeks to follow the path of the growing executive power, writes David Davenport, um, I guess a writer here from Forbes. He said, starting with President Woodrow Wilson and accumulating in Roosevelt's New Deal, progressives sought to undermine the power of the legislature in favor of consolidating power in the executive branch. Um, You know, there's been many... Presidents uh, Bush and Obama, and the, where they basically would come out and say, you know, it'd just be much easier to run this country if it, if it was a dictatorship and I was the dictator. And this is this is what we have now. We've we've really crossed over into that. <clears throat> so, from passing the sweeping health care bill reform on a party line vote to the largest use of executive czars in our history to initiating new policies on things like immigration and gun control. By executive order, Obama seeks to leave 225 years of constitutional separation of powers behind. This needs to be exposed to what it is, which is a series of constitutional end runs and a power grab by a frustrated and a legacy-driven president. William L. Anderson said, quote, Unless members of other branches are willing to act on the important principle of decentralization of power, the American experiment will end up being nothing more than a footnote in history. This relegation of the American experiment to an irrelevant footnote is precisely what the global elite, with a stranglehold on government, have in mind. <clears throat> Remember, they want, you know, one world rule under antichrist and false profit is where this is all heading here. So, um, these types of measures that we are seeing taking place through Obama and, and the corrupt government in America take place It really has to happen. I'm not saying we should not pray against it and try to educate other people and and fight against that that type of tyranny, Uh, but I I would say that it would absolutely be a tenet of the New World Order to bring us to a world government, a one-world political system, one-world economic system, one-world currency, one-world religion. Going further, the globalist intelligentsia continues to argue in favor of trashing the Constitution. In 2011, CNN contributor Farid Zarakia argued that the Constitution is outdated and its principles should be debated and fixed to conform with the modern era. He suggested a set of amendments to modernize the Constitution for the 21st century. Oh, thank you so much for your pearls of wisdom there, telling us the Constitution's outdated. Um, <clears throat> Adherence to the Constitution is now portrayed as a form of mental illness. Indeed, there is some infantile, something infantile in the belief of the Constitution worshipers that the complex political arguments of today can be settled by simple fidelity to a document written in the 18th century. Uh, that was written by editors of The Economist, I guess, uh, magazine... Um, they wrote that late in 2010, that last line that I just said. So, now, if, if you want to follow the Constitution, that's a that's a mental illness. You really need to be committed, evidently. And we're infantile for doing so. Um, it's just that it runs contrary. There's so many things in it that would prevent full implementation of a New World Order. They want to do away with it. That's why. it's It's, it's an impediment. It's an obstacle that Satan has to overcome in order to bring in his one-world government. The Constitution stands between the global elite and their plan to reduce America to an economic and cultural ruin. Natural rights and individual sovereignty are obstacles, and they must be destroyed if the one-world totalitarian government is to be realized. Again, reiterating what I pretty much just said. Obama's latest comments on the plan to impose executive decrees, as usual for the sake of the children. <laughs> oh man, he's, he's something else. It, this sets the stage for the next phase of dictatorial government and the dismantlement of the Constitution and its relegation to the dustbin of history. So now let's go to our next report. And i like to, when I put these studies together, I try to put the reports together um, in a way that cross-confirms other reports or builds on, like maybe the report I just said or, or just talked about. Uh, and it, this is how I try to put together these end-time current events. Sometimes it doesn't work out that way, but but um, I, I try in, in an effort to do that. So the next report is entitled, The NSA Official Says We Are Now a Police State. And... This is from a report from December 19th of last year. Last year, high-ranking NSA official Bill Biney said, quote, we are like that far from a turnkey totalitarian state. We are like that far. And I don't know if he was holding up his hands like, you know how you could say we're like that close, like it looks like an inch, okay? He said, now this is a high-ranking NSA official. He said, we are like that far from a turnkey totalitarian state. Now, this same man, the same NSA official, Bill Binney, says the U.S. has already become a full-blown police state. Uh, Binney told the Washington blog that on Wednesday. He said, quote, the main use of the collection of these NSA spy programs is for law enforcement. And he shows two slides from the NSA, evidently put up in some type of presentation, that um, get into this. And you can click on them. They're they're pictures and... um, they tell you a little bit more about what what they're talking about here. I'm going to cover that, though, in, in this little report, but they are clickable and they expand. These slides give the policy of the DOJ, the FBI, and the DEA, etc., on how to use the NSA data, this NSA spy data that has been talked about so much lately. In fact, they instruct that none of the NSA data is referred to in courts, Why? Because it has been acquired without a warrant. So in other words, they can accumulate all of this spying information on us, but they can't use it in court because all of it's been acquired illegally, without a warrant. (laughs) This is what they're openly admitting to. So that they have to not tell the courts or prosecution or defense the original data used to arrest people. This I call a planned, programmed perjury policy directed by the U.S. law enforcement. And this is this Bill Benny guy saying all of these quotes that I'm I'm repeating here. Um, And as the last line on slide one says, this also applies to foreign counterparts. This is a total corruption of the justice system, not only in our country, but around the world. The source of the info at the bottom of each slide the source of the information is at the bottom of each slide. This is a totalitarian process, Mean means that we are now a police state. I mean, here's a guy, a top-level official in the NSA, saying this. Benny, who was, a, who was actually a 32-year veteran of the agency, was instrumental in the creation of the NSA's surveillance program for digital information. He also served as NSA's senior technical director. I mean, what, was this guy had a crisis of conscience now all of a sudden? I mean, he's working for Satan, essentially. And I mean, I mean, not too far from it at this point, and he's a 32-year veteran, I don't know. Um, now all of a sudden he's coming out saying this concerning the collection of data by federal agencies mentioned by Benny, Washington blog added that, quote, "By, by way of background, the government is spying on virtually everything we do." All of the information gained by the NSA through spying is then shared with federal, state, and local agencies, and they are using the information to prosecute petty crimes, such as drugs and taxes. The agencies are instructed to intentionally launder the information gained through spying to pretend that they got the information in a more legitimate way, and to hide that from the defense attorneys and the judges. So in other words, if people are being prosecuted for things like, I don't know, uh somebody whatever had a little bag of marijuana or something like that or or somebody um, uh did something on their uh against the IRS or whatever, I mean, then they're acquiring this information and they're laundering this information and passing it on to whatever um, local authority can go ahead and prosecute that person, get them in jail, get them in the in the largest uh, federal prison system in the world, which is the American uh, prison system. Get them in jail, and uh, which is also an unbelievable money-making uh, uh, thing. I've done reports on that in in the past, and that way they could take basically people that are like low-level people, mid- middle-class typically people. And get them in jail, and they're laundering, they're passing this information off to these local agencies that can go ahead and do their work for them, and what they're doing is they're pretending that they got the information in a more legitimate way, even though they got it illegally from from the NSA, and so that they can hide this from defense attorneys and judges. That's what they're doing, and they're openly admitting to at this point. So, this is how rogue and evil... You've got, essentially, Satan... At the throne of America now, and he is, it's, it's like Satan giving a morality lesson. Oh, you, you did a bad thing, you, you didn't uh, uh, whatever on your taxes, on, on your IRS taxes, which are the most illegitimate things on the planet, not one dime of it goes to running this country, and that was determined all the way back in the Grace Commission, through Reagan, you can look up the quote, not one dime Goes to running this country essentially goes into the into the pockets of the International Monetary Fund, into the pockets of the international bankers that run the world, and to help pay off the massive interest on this um, on all the currency because we print money out of thin air, which generates this massive amount of essentially debt. That's a whole other subject, but um, all of these ways people are are being uh, are being prosecuted and put in jail and. You know, it's, it's unbelievable. And you've got essentially satanic evil elements of our government doing this. And they're acting like you've, you've done wrong from a moral standpoint. So you're going to have to be punished when they're working for Satan. It's just so ironic, I guess, is the, is the point I'm trying to make. Anyway, regarding this whole NSA spine scandal, Obama recently said, and this is like the top of the drudge report, calm down. Why? Because the NSA spies are our quote neighbors and friends. That's what Obama said about this this week. And the White House and Obama didn't even know the extent of the surveillance at all. They this is all news to them. So this is what they're they're coming out and saying they're just fork tongue liars. That's all they do is lie. While the president's own review panel concluded that the program hasn't prevented any terrorist attacks at all. Just like TSA hasn't prevented any. Terrorist attacks. It's just a plan to take away our privacy, take away our rights, uh, make us submit. That's a big thing with all of this. Making us submit to Satan. Making us submit to tyranny. Where that becomes the new normal. That's what this is all about. Next report. Agenda 21. California law would abolish private property. Part of the United Nations Agenda 21 is the abolition of private property. Confiscation of private property will be done under the guise of, quote, sustainability. That's that new age, new world order, um, environmentalist buzzword. Sustainability. Uh, I've talked about that a lot in past teachings. They'll argue that having a large plot of land is an inefficient use of that land. And that your land would be better used if it were developed into something else. Perhaps they prefer that a mass transit rail run right through your property. So they take your property over through eminent domain, forcing uh, you out of your own house and off your own property. I mean, this, is, this happens all the time, and it's increasingly happening. Um, so forcing you off your own property to somewhere else where they have a much more or less dense uh, housing. And then use the land that was previously yours as they saw fit. These types of tyrannical gestures are being implemented around our country at, a, at the local level. In California, which is typically... California is almost like the tip of the spear as far as the New World Order in America goes. I mean, whatever you expect the New World Order to do in the country as a whole, look to California to see it done there first, typically. I mean, that is one wicked, evil place when it comes to... The implementation of the new world order and Big Brother—what they're doing out there—I uh, have listeners. I just had one this last week that said, "We got out of there." You know, we're—you know—I think they were in Idaho, and um, there's a mass exodus out of California because of this. <clears throat> in California, there's a law that's awaiting Governor Brown's signature that would institute an agency at the county level that would see that could seize private property, private private property, basically on a whim. And using sustainability as the excuse. This is a writing for the San Rafael Patch. I guess it's their newspaper. Richard Hall sums up this new bill, SB1, here. Here, here are some of the major tenets of it. You're not going to believe this. A city mayor or county supervisor forms a new joint powers authority called a, sustain, a Sustainable Communities Invest Authority, or an SCIA. Okay, it's called an SCIA, Sustainable Communities Investment Authority. They appoint elected officials to serve on the SCIA's board. Uh, now, if you live within a half a mile of a bus that runs every 15 minutes during peak commutes, or a smart train, or a, what is known as a CAL train, C-A-L train, in a single family home neighborhood, your neighborhood can be targeted by SCIA as inefficient land use and, quote, blighted as it is not high-density, multifamily housing. They want to herd us all into these little, uh tiny, you know, uh, really tiny apartment complexes where we're all herded in a dense, and see, that's efficient use of the land in Satan's eyes. That way they could easily control us as well. Isn't that the way it was in George Orwell's 1984? They were all living in like apartments and stuff and, and all herded you know, kind of together. That's exactly what they want. Uh, they want high-density multifamily housing. Almost everyone reading this in Marion, M- Marin, which I guess is the town or maybe county they live in, is therefore affected. I have seen the map with these half-mile radiuses, and it covers almost all of Marin. Okay? So in other words, if you live within half a mile of a bus that runs every 50 minutes during peak commutes or half a mile from a smart train or a cow train in a single family neighborhood which is essentially almost all a Marin they can take your property i'm trying to simplify this for you through this eminent domain through under the excuse of sustainability you know this is why the cities there's so many reasons uh why you know the cities are just <clears throat> Really, really, really bad uh, as far as what's coming to them. The SCIA then can then wield the power of eminent domain to purchase unused, for sale, or even occupied land in order to build high density multifamily housing that it deems to be efficient use of the land. Oh, thank you, Satan, because I know you know best. I know you know what's what's for my in my best interest, Satan. Thank you. Next point: the SCIA can then impose local taxes on us to pay not just for the eminent domain purchases, but to help the land developer build by subsidizing the building of the high-density housing. So they're going to use your money to get all this done, to add insult to injury. Next point, in order to meet the criteria in SB1, allowing imposition of local taxes, the SCIA must impose a Sustainable Parking Standards Ordinance that restricts parking in the transit transit priority project uh, areas to encourage transit use to the great to the greatest extent feasible. Yes, you read that right. To the greatest extent feasible, this can mean anything from reducing available parking to introduc- introducing parking permits and parking meters. Meaning they don't want you to have a car, okay? Um, they want you to take mass transit. There, there's another mechanism total mechanism of control. You live where we tell you to live in these little, tiny, multifamily, densely populated housing projects. You are totally dependent on the government. This is what they want. Um... You can't even afford a car probably at this point, and and if you can, you can't afford the parking permits they're going to charge you to live on your in these places. We want you to take mass transit. They control you lock, stock, and barrel from the moment you get up to the moment you go to bed is what we're in reference to here. This is the brave new world that Obama and his New World Order handlers and Satan is trying to bring us to. This, of course, is nothing less than communism, and they just don't call it communism. They call it "quote social justice." So, again, I always provide you the links to these stories. Um, they, um, they're usually I'm covering a, a portion of what you know they're saying in here, but I'm not covering the whole art, uh, report. Uh, so, anyway, I, if you want to avail yourself to that, there is a again a 31 page PDF connected to this teaching for January 19th. 2014 at contendingfortruth.com. Now, let's go to the next report, okay? which again, this, they all kind of build on one another. The uh, VP, Vice President from Ford, has just come out at a uh, Vegas, uh, some type of Vegas show that they were putting on, and um, car show. And he said, we have GPS in your car, so we know what you're doing. And here's a picture of this guy, Jim Farley, I guess he was speaking there. Um, he is the Ford Group Vice President, Marketing and Communications. Modern automobiles are logging tremendous amounts of information every single second they're being put to use. A a senior executive at Ford Company says car manufacturers have access to every last piece of it. At the CES Electronic Trade Show in Las Vegas this week, the global vice president for Ford's marketing and sales division open up about just exactly how much data is being collected by his company's latest line of smart cars. He says, quote, we know everyone who breaks the law. We know when you're doing it. We have a GPS in your car, so we know what you're doing. So this devil had the audacity to come out. And again, you're buying, you're paying for this. It's like it's like when you go to the airport, you get it. You play for a pay, uh, you pay for a plane ticket so that you can go get either um, be exposed to terahertz radiation, have pornographic pictures taken of you and your family through the TSA uh, scanners. Okay, terahertz meaning it basically rips your DNA apart, or you can go get groped by some TSA pervert if you if you do an opt out where they where they embarrass you, and you're paying for this. Well, again, you buy a new Ford car, you're paying for this type of big brother surveillance. And they're and they're right in your face bragging about it. He says, We know everyone who breaks the law <laughs> breaks the law. So you go one mile over the speed. You're a lawbreaker. You need to die. I mean, what's it gonna is it gonna come to that? Probably. And then he says, we know when you're doing it. We have GPS in your car, so we know what you're doing. Well, I tell you what—I I mean, I, th- that really makes me want to go out and buy a brand new Ford Smart car. I mean, I mean, where do I sign up? Ford's Jim Farley told this to a Vegas crowd on Wednesday, according to Business Insider. Business Insider, the the the—I uh, guess the magazine—and then he goes on to say, "By the way, we don't supply that data to anyone." Right, right, right from the straight fork tongued devil that just said the line before. We know all the stuff. We know if you're breaking the law. We have GPS, so we know what you're doing. But we're not, we're, we're, we're not telling it to anybody. No, no, no. We, we're, we're good that way. You're a liar. <sighs> Unbelievable. Edwards describes Farley's remark as being both sinister and obvious. Edwards is, the Jim Edwards is the guy from Business Insider that was there reporting on this. Because the GPS units installed in Ford vehicles, Ford knows when its drivers are speeding and where they're at while they're doing it, Edwards wrote. Should the company choose to share that information with law enforcement, it could create an environment where surveillance extends off the computer and onto the road. Well, you better believe it. As many as 96% of the cars... Mass-produced in 2013 include event data recorders. This was reported by RT last year. Similar to the black boxes that log inside of airplanes. So 96% of the cars now being made. And that was in 2013. Okay, so for 2014, it's probably going to go up to 98 or approach 100. They're all putting in these these data recorders. I wouldn't buy any new car. I mean, I would only buy, you know, I mean, I understand that you can go all the way back to, I think it's like 83, where, you know, as far as being uh, EMP-proof, I think the cars prior to that are EMP-proof, like if we got hit with an electromagnetic pulse. Okay, And, and then going back into the 90s, I know that there's, there are Cases could be made, for, but I'm talking, it's getting so bad now, though. I mean, this is so flagrant, obvious, and in your face. I wouldn't even think about buying a new car. And again, I try to make these reports practical, so it's information that you can use to avoid the devices of Satan. You know, like all the stuff we just said about California. If you live there, that's something really important to know, what we just went over. Um, this information about buying a new car, Ford's coming right out in your in your face. You might have been co- contemplated doing that, and then now you, hopefully, you're like, whoa, 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 I'm not going to do this. You know, Big Brother surveillance, twenty four seven, right in your own car, and you're paying for this. You shouldn't be getting in debt buying a brand new car anyway. The borrower, the borrower is slave to the lender. There's no Bible for going in debt. You know, and, and it's just it's just bondage. It's 100% bondage. So, I'm just saying, I mean, I'm, I'm giving you some biblical tenets here. So, uh, Kalia Barnes of the Electronic Privacy Information Center told the New York Times that these cars are equipped with computers that collect massive amounts of data without protections that can lead to all kind of abuse. Well, obviously, just stating, restating the obvious here. As RT reported earlier this week, automobile owners don't have a choice for now as to whether or not they want their activities being etched into the computers of car makers. So you don't have a choice about this. This isn't something that, you know, I guess you could deactivate or whatever. Maybe if you really, really were smart, but, or knew, had intimate knowledge of these things, but they're like, you know, computers with four wheels anymore. So, anyway, um... You don't have a choice anymore. You buy a car, you just better assume that everything in it is being, you know, some type of uh, event recorder there, being recorded. Uh, the Government Accountability Office released a report days before Farley's remarks detailing the results of an investigation into data storage protocol among automakers Ford, General Motors, Chrysler, Toyota, Honda, uh, I'm sorry, Honda and Nissan and said that across the board if companies retain data then they did not allow consumers to request that data is deleted. So if any of these companies recorded data, it did not allow their customers who were paying them the money, who were keeping them in business for that data to be deleted. Do you see something wrong with this? Shouldn't they be honoring the customer's wishes, not their own? They're not, well, then I'm not going to buy your stinking car. (laughs) It's like they're just shoving it down your throat and they're saying, yeah, we took your money and we don't really care what you say. We're not going to delete the data. They're all in there. We know exactly what you're doing. We know when you're breaking the law. And this is how we're going to reward you for giving us money to purchase our car. Does anybody see anything wrong with that? I mean, uh, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just crazy, you know. But that should make you righteous, indignantly um, mad, you know. Righteous, indignant. Be angry and sin not. I mean, that's that's really really bad. Uh, you know, especially when you're the one paying their paycheck. Anyway, next report: the child tracking wristbands edge us closer to a dis- dystopian future. Parents will soon be able to track, log, and judge every movement of their offspring. This is from The Guardian. For those who think the NSA is the worst invader of privacy, I invite you to share an afternoon with Aiden and Foster, two 11-year-old boys, as they wrap up a Friday at school. Aiden invites his friends home to hang out and as they text their parents who agree to the plan. Now, here are these little tracking bla- bracelets. There's a picture of them. And it's like a little... I don't know, computer on the wrist, phone, tracking device, you'll see all the things it can do in here. As they ride on the bus, Foster's phone and a sensor on the wrist, wristband alert the school and his parents of the deviation from his normal route. So this kid would normally go, go home maybe on one bus, but he went on another. So this wristband uh, uh, notifies the school and the parents of the deviation from the normal route. The school has been notified that he is heading to Aiden's house, so the police are not called. Oh oh, good, well I'm so glad that, that that's the case. But if they hadn't, if they had forgotten, oh no, the police would be dispatched. Now I'm sure that, you know, that that's all by design. As they enter the house, the integrated home network recognizes Aiden and pings an advisory to his parents, both out at work, who receive the messages on their phones and tablets, so they know exactly when he gets home, and they know it's him because he's got his own little tracking device. This is exactly what the mark of the beast is going to be like. They'll be able to track every move you make, everywhere you go. You won't be able to buy, sell, or trade without it. All of this stuff, I get. I'm, I'm sorry, but I get emails from sometimes from some of my listeners, not not all, but some, and they're like, "Yeah, this is the mark of the beast." I'm like, "But hold on." Number one, the mark of the beast takes place in the tribulation period via the Antichrist and false prophet. Okay, we're not there yet. We're not even in the tribulation. So no, it's not the mark of the beast just from that standpoint. It's a mark in the right hand or in the forehead. In is the only, is uh, the King James Bible is the only one that translates it anywhere in. Meaning it's going to be like a microchip probably in conjunction with some type of maybe holographic tattoo. I've done a whole teaching on the hexagram possibly being incorporated into this hex, six pointed star, 666. You can get 666 out of a hexagram. Anyway, you can look that up on the uh, thing. And it's not a good Jewish symbol, okay? <laughs> it's one of the most highest, wickedest symbols in all of witchcraft. Just looks up, look up hexagram at contendingfortruth.com and did a multi part study on that. Anyway, so. You're not going to be able to buy, sell, or trade without it. The mark of the beast. Okay. There's no, there's no microchip right now that you could get where that could be done. What do you mean? I'm like, is there any microchip you can go get right now in your right hand or in your forehead that you could go to a grocery store and have them scan your hand to buy groceries? No. What about, is there any microchip you can go right now and go to any store? And have them scan it, and you can buy clothes or whatever you're trying to buy. Well, no. Is there any microchip that you can get right now, and you can go to a bank and do your banking, where the the tellers are going to scan your forehead or hand? Well, no. Well, we don't have the mark of the beast yet. Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves here. (laughs) Okay? It's bad enough as it is. Why do we have to have the mark of the beast right now? We're not even in the tribulation yet. We're not even... (laughs) So... Okay, well, you can't have the mark of the beast until the tribulation. You can't have the mark of the beast until the false prophet and the antichrist are here. We're going to be well into the tribulation when that happens. It probably, you know, past the, the the three and a half year mark into the tribulation when this all goes down. Yes, do we have the technology for it? Sure, but are are the systems all set up in order to implement all of this? Do you realize every store is going to have to be compliant? To be able to scan your not i 'm not saying my listeners because that is that 's a, a one way ticket to hell. you take the marks of the beast, you will go to hell. the bible's very clear in that there is no way out there 's no left behind series way out like they like to say, or the one guy that just came out recently, um, one of the major evangelist guys on on uh, tv i think there's a lot of these preachers that have said so you could take it you know and and just but you you didn't really mean it you really didn't want it so you will no you go straight to hell there's no turning back it's one way ticket to hell you take the mark of the beast period bible's very clear on that so i'm going to tell you the truth i don't want your blood on my hands uh particularly in that regard not going to tell you something people want to hear, so that they feel like, oh, well, you know, if I really get in a pitch, I guess I could just take it. No, you better not. It's better to suffer on this earth and not take it than suffering in hell and then the lake of fire for eternity, which is what you're sur- which is what you're facing if you take it. So every store, though, every place you go is going to have to have on their end a way to scan the microchip or whatever way it's configured in your right hand or in your forehead in order for you to buy from them. So it's not just putting the microchip in a person, okay, and saying, well, that's the mark of the beast. Yeah, all of the other uh, places that you could possibly do business, buy, sell, or trade, will also have to have technology in order to scan that in order for you to do the business. So this would have to be the most gigantic retrofit in the history of the world in order to accommodate this system. In other words, all the businesses, all the banks, all the places you would go, all the restaurants would have to all be on the same system, on the same page, with the same game plan, with the same technology, and would all have to be interlinked and intertied together. We don't even remotely have that right now. We're not, we're, I'm not saying that if they made a concerted effort, they couldn't have that thing up and running in maybe whatever, but not next month or anything like that, obviously. I think this would take a long time to get to the point where you would actually be able to, um, do this in mass. It's not going to happen overnight. Okay. So we're not in the tribulation. There's all types of things that have to happen before the tribulation starts. Okay. We don't even have the Antichrist and the false prophet yet. okay? We don't have a confirming the covenant with Israel and other nations for a week, for seven years, in order to get us into that. We don't have, and that will probably be coming on, on the heels of World War III, which we don't have yet. We're not in the tribulation yet. So, <laughs> you know, there's so many reasons, that, uh, biblical reasons that you could cite, and I have cited them. I, in fact, if you can, on the seven-year like seven year or tribulation in the keyword search box at ContendingFortruth.com. I've done studies where I got into this. What are the biblical qualifications? Okay, remember, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. A lot of these people go out there and say, yeah, we're in we're tribulation, this and that, and I'm like, oh, my word. Please, it has to coincide with what the word of God, the King James Bible, in the English-speaking language, says in order for it to be to be biblically valid, um, and we we are we're not there yet. Thank God, you know. So anyway, let's go back to this whole tracking thing here. This is this whole mock setup of of, of this bus ride home and them going these these two boys um, spending um, time together with each other after school. Okay, so. They enter in the house, the Integrated Home Network recognizes Aiden and pings an advisory to his parents, both who are out at work, receive their messages on their phones and tablets. The system also sends Foster's data, which is a physical description, address, relatives, health indicators, social media profile, to Aiden's parents, who note he has a laptop. Uh, Might the boys visit unsuitable sites? No, because Foster's parental rating, according to his profile, is limited to PG-13, as is Aiden's. So they they can't go on any of the bad websites. Foster spots a cookie jar and reaches in. Well, his built-in watch tracker Big Brother bracelet says, beep, beep, his wristband vibrates to warn him the cookies contain gluten, and he is allergic. Aiden's mother notes this, because she gets a text right away that he's trying to literally, you know, with his hand caught in the cookie jar. Aine's mother notes this and consults a menu on her fridge and pantry, all connected to the network, for non-gluten ingredients. Uh, there aren't enough, so she orders a gluten-free pizza. So they don't have gluten-free stuff in their house because he's a visitor, evidently. And so she orders a gluten-free pizza. Okay. The boys then turn on the TV. Rather, it turns itself on as Aiden approaches it and lists his favorite channels. Uh, Because the TV can sense everything. Everything's going to be connected. Remember the smart grid, the smart appliances, the smart meters? That's how all of this is going to be tied into the Mark of the Beast. And in this case, this tracking bracelet. This is all a, a glimpse into the future of humanity, of God just, well, obviously we have to have the tribulation, we have to have that period, so how close it will get to this, I don't know. But um, this would be, logically, where things would start to end up, and then it would get worse from there. Uh, so, the TV turns on, as Aiden approaches it, lists his favorite channels, the TV notes the boys have a basketball. Evidently, they just had a basketball with them the basketball has a built-in sensor in it. So all of the inanimate objects you play with also have sensors built into them now. Football, basketball, whatever. Um, so then it suggests an NBA game because it knows that they like basketball. As they watch, tailored advertising invites Aiden to put a Miami Heat shirt on a personal wish list connected to a chain store. He does so, and a ping is sent to his mother, who simultaneously receives a reminder of the date of his birthday. The network notes there is only 90 minutes left of sunlight left, and Aiden has not completed his 120 minutes of daily exercise. 120 minutes of daily? Well, that's, that's a fair amount. Um, it shuts down the TV and and gives the boys three exercise options. So in other words, it forces you to conform to whatever it's, it says you have to do. They choose to shoot hoops in the yard. Aiden's mom receives an alert that they have left the house, leaving the lights on. Oh, so they'll get in trouble for that then. She could track Aiden's pulse and blood pressure as he plays. This is so evil and sickening and vile. I mean, <laughs> welcome to the future of parenting, as envisioned by Cisco Systems at the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas this weekend. Oh, also read another story about the, you know, how, you know, they call it Sin City. Well, now all the pornography industry from the San Bernardino Valley is moving to, to Las Vegas because of this condom rule. I guess the porn star guys have to wear condoms now in California. And that's not good for the pornography. So they're going to, Nevada doesn't have that same law. So they're moving, I think Florida had enacted one too. So now they're moving all the pornography industry is moving to Las Vegas. You know, which, you know, just turns that cesspit of pure stinking evil into just (laughs) 10 times the child of hell. You know, I just saw that this week. On there. So, anyway, they were at a. uh, This guy was. Cisco Systems uh, is saying that this scenario we just gave you is the future of parenting. And Robert Barlow, a marketing executive, presented this scenario with animation, graphs, and statistics to industry professionals. What we just went over. This exact thing we just went over. The technology for this already exists, he beamed, holding a real basketball with a sensor on it already. Cisco can aggregate data from multiple sources to create an orchestration layer," he said, "which will help the Internet of Everything help the Internet of Everything generate the Internet of Everything. Okay, generate trillions of dollars in the next decade. The audience of executives and technicians from America, Europe, and Asia got the message: big data, big bucks. Okay, the love of money is the root of all evil. What of Aiden and Foster? You could say, lucky them, protected from predators and pornography, nudged away from the harmful food and obesity, the benefits are obvious. I say, now this is the guy writing the article who's not even a Christian, he says, I say, God help them. What sort of childhood is that where every move is tracked, scrutinized, logged, and judged? Where you cannot wander, try something new, be spontaneous, be yourself, without issuing a beep alert from wearable connected technology to... Big brother, or whoever else, your mom, dad, you know, whoever else is tracking you. This is, a helico- this is helicopter parroting at its most stultifying, a constant hovering presence. A perilous environment would justify such surveillance. But Cisco and hundreds of other companies at CES are pitching their products, which are tiny cameras, wearable sensors, connectivity services, mainly at the U.S. and other richer countries where abductions and violent crime are mercifully rare. But children and pets are just the beginning. Um, Adults are targets too. He says, we're already doing it. Older people are given sensors so distant offspring can track health indicators. Old people often resist... um, this was said by Stuart Sykes, the head of Park Associates, which is a consulting company specializing in emerging consumer technology products and services. He says, but younger people tend to love this technology. It's a po- polarized market. Well, younger people are more brainwashed into this whole concept through education, through public school systems, through uh, cartoons, through video games, I'm sure. So they're already, you know, they're already on board, younger people typically. Smartphones, you know, things like that as well. Since 2009, AT&T's Family Map service lets you track relatives through their phone. Oh, so good. So it's tracking exactly where you're going, where their phone's going. You know, that's a fun feeling. New technology is making it ever cheaper, easier, more thorough, and culturally acceptable. Amazing things happen when you connect the previously unconnected gushed another evangelist at Cisco's exhibition. Everything you do generates data. The more we build these connections, the more we build relationships. So my advice to you is to go to like a, um, I would get rid of your home phone. Okay, I'm just talking from a privacy standpoint. I would get rid of your home phone. Um, I would um, get rid of any type of smartphone that you have. And go to something like one of these cheap flip phones, like a Virgin Mobile. Uh, they've got a payload program at like Walgreens or, or um, whatever. It's not expensive. You could get it for thirty bucks a month on a flip phone, and it gives you like oh man, I don't know, way over a thousand minutes. I mean it's it's really a good deal. You gotta do thirty bucks a month. Yes, you have to reload it. Yes, it's not as sexy, it's not as acceptable, socially acceptable as having a smartphone or whatever, Um, use that. And when you register it, uh, um, like if you have to um, turn the thing on or whatever, use bogus information. Why, why do you have to have everything in your name, everything... There is such a thing as privacy, is the point I'm trying to make here. Okay. You could do this also with track phones. Okay? But track phones are more expensive to use. If you're going to use them to talk, that's an expensive way to go. But you can use track phones, which you can buy for a cheap price, activate with, with anonymous information, essentially... And keep them when you're not using them in one of those those uh, mylar EMP EMP proof bags that are out there, or you could go up on eBay and get the the phone cases that are um, shielding. Meaning, even if even if you have the phone turned off, they can still track you. Okay. Now, if you don't have it in your name, and and um, you're rarely using it, maybe you're using it just for like private phone calls you're you're taking yourself out of that whole grid system as much as you can is the point i'm trying to make here okay that's a much wiser way to go in my estimation having an older car that doesn't have all of these tracking capabilities hopefully living in a house where you don't have a smart meter trying to buy appliances that are not the smart whatever smart appliances energy smart energy star those are all going to be tied into the grid. Okay, It is possible to do this. Um, the thing is, is you have a choice. You can either go toward all of this and just embrace it, which is like embracing Satan in a way, embracing Big Brother. All of this track, all of the stuff I've just covered today, or you can try to go against it and go away from this evil. This is evil. So I know I'm giving you good advice in what I'm telling you. I'm trying to get you away from evil. Okay, You can buy the shielding bags online for phones. You can buy the shielding phone cases. Um, They can track you. If if anything ever did go really bad, and you had even one of these phones that that you had that were anonymous, you can take the battery out and put them in a shielding case. Because I've even heard that sometimes they can run a little while without a battery in them. They can track you. But you can have different phones to do different things. Like if you had a track phone that was associated with a, I don't know, let's say you had a, um, a mailbox that you wanted to have that was, um, you didn't want that mailbox having anything to do with your regular phone number. You just had one phone to deal with that mailbox or one phone to deal with this. You could have, and we're not talking about a ton of money here. You could have different track phones, in other words, that you bought Costs you like, I think, 20, I think like 20 bucks for every 90 days. You don't use them that much. You use them for specific things. What you're doing is not illegal. You're maximizing your privacy is what you're doing. You're being smart. You're not doing everything through the grid, through everywhere that they can track you. You're using anonymous information. And you keep those phones in EMP-proof, shielded cases in the meantime. You only use them when you have to. And if you forget the number, just take a white um, sticky thing. If you forget the number of what that phone is utilized for, okay? get a white sticker, put it on the back of the phone, write the number for that phone on there, and then write the name of, let's say, the company that you use that phone to deal with. Like you could have one for your internet. You could have one for, um, I don't know, a mailbox that you dealt with. One for a bank. I don't know. I'm just trying to give you some ideas here of ways you can kind of maximize privacy. And not cost an arm and a leg here. But the smartphone is the worst possible way you can go with all this. It's not going to get any better. As you can see, it means a lot to Satan to, and all the stuff that just broke with the NSA, which is what we were talking about today, already. It must mean a whole lot to Satan to get all of this personal information on you. All the data recorders that are on all the new cars. All of the data that's being collected on the smartphones and on, on on the internet and things of this nature. You know... It's just good to try to provide the least amount of information as possible, you know, from that standpoint. So, um, at and family map lets you track your relatives through their phones. The new technology is making it easier and cheaper and culturally acceptable. Amazing things happen when you connect the previously unconnected, gushed another evangelist at Cisco's exhibition. He said, everything you do generates data. The more we build these connections, the more we build relationships. Oh, isn't that special? The guy writing this says, this is nonsense. A ping to your phone saying your spouse has deviated from the usual route home may or may not be useful information, but it does not deepen your relationship with them, no matter what they're up to, potentially. Edward Snowden's revelations about the NSA revealed ubiquitous state snooping. Something anticipated by George Orwell and Ray Bradbury half a century ago. but the greatest danger to privacy is not the government but ourselves. Google, Facebook, and Twitter have built empires on the facts that we we prefer convenience to privacy. See this is the this is the thing you have to get in your own mind. You have to get to the point where this means something to you what I'm saying here regarding privacy. I've been preaching this for a long time about privacy, okay? J.J. Luna has a book that he's put out. It's called How to Be Invisible. There's a lot of other ones out there. These are good things to know. Because it's not about you having something to hide. It's about the big brother Satan government wanting to get every little shred of information on you for nefarious reasons. It's not about you. It's about Satan, in other words. Is, the, is your motivation for doing this. And if you're going to choose convenience over, you know, privacy, then you're going to pay the price at some point in time, most likely, the way things are going. I mean, look at what we're just talking about today here. Do I gain anything by you doing that? No, I'm, I'm telling you this because I love you enough to tell you the truth. You know, so Google, Facebook, Twitter, which I've all put warnings out about, how evil they are, you know, uh, Google, <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, these are all essentially part of the NSA's spying network to gather intelligence, to data mine us about all aspects of our lives so that they know everything about you so that when the roundups begin, there's going to be no mystery about your life to them. If you really want to get down to brass tacks, I think that has a lot to do with this. Sure, they can use that information to blackmail you and frame you. Sure, that too. And probably there's another, a million other reasons I'm not thinking of. But it's all bad. Every bit of it is really, really bad. Just go up to um, uh, YouTube and key in like um, uh, Facebook Big Brother, Twitter Big Brother, Google Big Brother, You'll get a slew of videos up there that'll educate you on this. Okay? I only use, like, the startpage.com through Catherine Albrecht. And, um or IxQuick, I-X-Q-U-I-C-K, as my search engines. I think she's got an email now as well that they're beta testing. Uh, I-X-Q-U-I-C-K or startpage.com. Use that as your, as your, um as your primary search engine, okay? Just little things that you can do like that. Anyway, Google, Facebook, and Twitter have built empires on the fact that we prefer convenience to privacy. In a culture of reality television and narcissism, masked as social media, we sleepwalk into our own Truman shows. Cisco's vision is just another incremental step toward that. Dave Eggers' recent novel, The Circle, imagines a dystopian future where the all-powerful corporation plants tiny cameras everywhere and on individuals so that all events and conversations are instantly publicly available online. The naive protagonist, Mae Holland, embraces the company's mantras as, here's, here's what the company says, Here, this is like Satan, Okay, here's what Satan would say, here's the message from this book, The Circle, secrets are lies. In other words, if I want to keep something secret for Big Brother, that means it's because I want to lie to him. That means I'm a liar. This is how Big Brother tries to brainwash us. No, there's no there's no such concept as personal privacy. You know? Right to privacy? No, none of that. That means you're a liar. You keep no secrets from Big Brother. Or anyone for that matter. Evidently, everything's publicly available. And then what's the next concept? Shit. Sharing is caring. Now, I'm not talking about sharing like, oh, I shared my cookie. I'm talking about sharing every aspect and all data about my lives with humanity and Big Brother. Why? Because I care. That's the concept of this book. Okay, and then the last concept is privacy is theft. Meaning, if I want to live a private life and I I want to have a right to my own privacy, I am, I am stealing that knowledge from Big Brother and all of the other people that have a right to my privacy. This is the kind of sick brainwashing that's going on right now in all forms of media. We are not there, and hopefully we'll never will be. Much of the technology displayed in Las Vegas does offer real benefits um, and should be embraced. Well, I I don't know, I wasn't there, so I'd kind of have to question that. But anyway, but a needed conversation about the limits is not happening. Neither the industry nor the consumers are paying sufficient heed to the erosion of privacy and the dwindling possibility of opting out. Of eluding the unblinking, all-seeing, basilic gaze of the extraordinary technology. See, this is another thing. If you don't start to get out of this stuff now, it's going to become harder and harder and harder. The more it becomes ingrained and entrenched in your lives, unless you make an effort now, you know, you you should always have web cameras covered too, if you have that. And any speakers that would be able to record you. Now, I'm not saying they might not have technology built around that, okay? I'm just saying things that you could do, you know, as practical things uh, to protect, you know, your privacy to a a certain degree here. I'm sure there's way more that you can do uh, with privacy. I'm just giving you some of the real basics here, Okay okay so i'm I'm uh, out of time on the first part I'm gonna go ahead and uh, end part one here we're gonna go go to part two and we'll see you there God bless you